0: Happy Mother's Day, everybody. And for Mother's Day, I thought I would bring one
1: of the biggest mothers of all on with me. <laughs> what you call me? Happy Mother's Day, Joe. <laughs> ah, for those of you that are catching us together for the first time, uh, Steve and I, who had been friends back in college, reconnected, and we realized that really the purpose of our podcast is very, very similar. God birthed it in each one of us separately, but it's, they're like twins. <laughs> so, so we're doing stuff together. In
0: fact, we met each other at a school in the Twin Cities. Nice. And now we have Twin Studios. Nice. Like that segue there. We're doing the same stuff, man. We're on the same page, doing the same thing. And so everyone from Mojo Studios, we welcome you. And I'm glad to be a part of your tribe here.
1: Yeah. For, the, for those of you that are tuned in as Mojo listeners, uh, I'm just very happy to be part of what steve doing with Happy Life Studios. I think he'll... You'll enjoy that just as much. Yeah, so Steve Bo has been doing podcasting for a while. For those of you that know him, that's no big surprise. But for, for my audience, who are meeting Steve Bo for the first time, he like paved the way for me. I, I'm just following along, seeing what he's doing online. Occasionally, I would you know see something on a Facebook post or whatever, and I'd say hello. And then I just called him up one day and I said, I'm interested in podcasting. Do you know anything about it? He's like, do I know anything about it? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. And here we are. Here we are. But um, I
0: love doing radio. I love doing studio work. And so it's just so cool that now, you know, I have a studio that I actually get to do all that in. And I just really love doing this. And I really love doing doing it now with you, Joe. We've just expanded our, what do you want to say, platform, our stage, capabilities. Ours, yep. yeah, our capabilities. voice.
1: Yeah. yeah we're yeah. amplifying each other's voice, which I think that's the coolest thing. Which is amazing. And, then, and you know, with the access of the internet to not only to us but to anybody who's connected, that means that we aren't small. Because what we do can reach anybody, anytime, yeah. anywhere around the world. So yeah. it's not small at all. It's huge. It's huge. We're huge. Huge. We're huge. Look at
0: the size of that. Big things come from from small places. And you know, Happy Life or that's what Joe has been. And Happy Life Studios and Mojo Studios, that's what we're doing with each other. We're keeping each other fresh and sharp and so Speaking of great things coming from, from small, you know, how did you word that? I mean, you worded it really well. You said something about, you know, we're not small at all. We're actually very big. We do the little okay. things, but they make a big difference. That leads perfectly into
1: why we're doing this podcast right here. Yeah, for moms. Doing it for moms, baby. I'm going to show you how to operate in a spirit. This is Happy Life Studios. This message is for
0: you. This message is for you. This message is singular to you. It's not for anybody else. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to understand. Hey. That's a great question. Does the sun set high? Does your sun set high? Welcome
1: to Happy Life Studios. Hey, are you happy? Is it nothing? Why? Is
0: it nothing? Why? We're here to help your life be happier. Happy Mother's Day, everybody! Happy Mother's Day. Where would we be without our mothers? We wouldn't. We wouldn't be right? right. Yeah. But mothers, they determine a lot about who we are and what we do. And I just, I love moms because the love that a mother has is just huge. Huge. And it shows up in the smallest ways, right? It shows up in the in the tiniest ways of the way that they show love. But man, a mother's love is like one of the most powerful things out there. You know, my
1: kids will always say. Hey, hey, Dad, you know, Mom's here to make sure that we survive. You're here to make sure we have fun while we're doing it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> One day I was I was parenting my child, you know, and he was being bullied on the playground, you know. And he, he had tried several days in a row, a couple of weeks he'd been working on this thing, and I finally said, Son, you just, this is what you need to do. You just need to push back. You just need to state your position, you know. And, and uh, it was so funny because I caught him for the first time in my life. I caught him doing this, but I knew after I caught him, he had done this many other times before. I caught him looking at b- over my shoulder to his mom, who was behind me, looking at her like, "Is what Dad said is that good or no?" <laughs> that's
1: right, right.
0: <laughs> right. And I caught it, and I caught her just in time to watch her the last bit of her head shake. No, don't right. do that. I'm like,
1: yeah. "How long yeah. have you
0: guys been been doing this?"
1: Yeah, that's my kids too. They'll ask me something. You know, do you think it's okay if we do this? And I'll go, yeah, of course. They'll say. Okay, I'll check with mom, <laughs> right? Oh. In fact, what, that whole thing about being bullied and standing up for yourself. So I was raised mostly by a single mom because my parents split up when I was pretty young. And we There's three of us in the family. And I got to sixth grade, so my mom's not remarried yet. And, and there's this bully at the school, and it was my first year in the school. And my mom said, you know, you always got to turn the other cheek, you know, just return evil with good and all that kind of stuff. She said, but there is a point. At some point where you have to draw lines, you have to have a boundary, and you'll have to just let them know that that's not okay. So one day after school, my mom's driving past the school, and she sees on the corner this big group of kids, and there's a fight going on, and some kid's down on the ground, and there's blood everywhere. She's like, should I stop, should I not? And, and she just drives home, and, and then I come home, and I've got blood hanging out my nose, and it's all over my shirt. <laughs> but my mom's like, what happened? I said, well, you we crossed the line, I had to stand up for myself. And she goes, Was that you back on the corner? I said, Yeah, mom. You got any good (laughs) stories about your mom? Oh yeah, well, first of all, my my mom won't love this story, but it's just it's just the truth. She she couldn't cook. She couldn't cook to save her life or to save any of our lives. In fact, anytime I see an advertisement that says mother's cooking, or just like mom used to make, or just like home, I'm like, run the other way. Go as far as fast as you can. I mean, that's like that's the worst type of advertising I'd ever heard because my mom well it to her. It's not really her fault because her mom couldn't cook either. My mom's cooking of- is like an oxymoron for you, huh? Oh yeah. It wasn't cooking. It wasn't heating. It was just like <laughs> it was like sucking all of the life and the juice and the flavor out of something and then serving it and saying you're going to eat it all because there's kids starving in Africa. You know, <laughs> right. and you can't have any leftovers. Can not like, we yeah, send them that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's what I was saying. Let's mail it to a mom. I don't think they could chew it either. Hey, I got an idea. They don't have to be <laughs> hungry anymore. Actually, if they send them your cooking, they'll stay hungry. (laughs) Right. Starving kids in Africa would not even eat this, Mom. Mm -hmm. I mean, my my mom, the simplest sandwich in the world is grilled cheese, right? And my mom could not make a a grilled cheese sandwich without burning it to a crisp. (laughs) And so the the routine at our house was, well, we'd be out in the yard playing, and then you hear the smoke detector go off, and you say, okay, it must be lunchtime. So then you go inside, and sure enough, it's burnt to a crisp, and you, you can't say anything, you can't criticize it, you can't complain, and you certainly can't throw it away because there's not enough money to go around. So you, you get your sandwich and you get a table knife and you go to the sink and you start scraping off the layers of charred, right. you know, ash until you get to the color that you can stand. And then you, <laughs> then you eat the sandwich and you say, thank you, Mom. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, my, my mom finally got, you know, kind of a sense of humor about it. I came home from college one uh, winter, probably when I was at North Central, and uh, she, she said, how's it going? You know, can I do your laundry for you or whatever since you're home for college? She says, can I can I make you a grilled cheese? And then I didn't say anything. So she goes, you know, the way I normally make it or not burnt. You know, <laughs> either way. <laughs> oh, that's uh, funny. Yeah, my mom's funny. I, I love her to death. But, you know, really with Mother's Day, um, I found one of the really rich things for me about Mother's Day is that so many different people filled the role of mom in my life. So, Really? My mom, my mom's often kind of self-conscious about the fact that, you know, there's only one of her. And she's working full-time. She's got three kids. And so she felt like she couldn't attend to us or give us the attention as much as she wanted to. And she kind of has this guilt about it. And I said, Mom, you did the best you could with what you had at the time. I don't resent any of that. I don't hold it against you. And she goes, yeah, but I could have bonded with you. I could have done so much more. I could have nurtured you. And I said, yeah, but... And this is the cool thing about, I had lots of great friends who had really wonderful moms. And even my sister, who was five years older than I was, in many ways, she served the role of mother for me. My dad got remarried, and so my stepmom had a role as a mom. And there's a whole string of people throughout my life that nurtured me with that same motherly instinct and that same, you know, unconditional love that they wanted what's best for me. I got it from so many places. I feel like I had I have so many moms.
0: Wow. Why is Mother's Day so important to you?
1: There is an, an aspect of God's love that you only see in your mom, right? Or in those that fill that role. Because mom really is that combination of the mama bear. Like you, you, you touch my kid, you get close to my kid, and I'll just, I'll tear you a new one, right? That's, moms are fiercely protective. Uh, but also incredibly nurturing where they're just attuned to your feelings and they, they know what you need, and they know what to say at the right time in the right place. I'm so blessed to have a mom that cared that much about me, in spite of the fact that she's a single mom of three kids, working full time, you know, trying to wow. keep the house together and all that kind of stuff. And she taught me the responsibility of chores. She taught me manners. I mean, she taught me how to show up in the world in a way that's, you know, it's really good. I'm so grateful. A
0: single mom with three kids, boy, hashtag hero.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and it wasn't until I became a parent, a married parent, right? So there's two of us with only two kids, that I could really appreciate right. the sacrifices that my mom made, and 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 we had so little to go around—one income and a little bit of, of child support from my dad—but um, my mom would would scrimp and save every last penny so that we could go on a on a trip to go skiing with the youth group, or or so that we could get swimming lessons because she knew how important that would be, and and I know this was to her own detriment that she wasn't doing anything that she wanted to do because there wasn't just enough money. There wasn't that much money to go around. So as a kid, I didn't even realize that we were poor, right? She, we never yeah. talked about being poor. She just provided what we needed when we needed. And certainly we didn't have all the toys that everybody else had, but we had the love and we got some really great experiences. So uh, kudos to my mom. She is my hero. Yeah. Yeah. The, the love of a mother is, is just, it's an unbelievable thing. And I do think that it, it does, help us understand God's love for us. Even in the Genesis account, when God's creating men and women, God says very clearly that I'm going to make male and female in my image. So right. so God has right. the male and the female attributes yeah. and probably way more. That's just our own categories. Um, right. But so there's something we learn from our dads and we learn from our moms when they're healthy relationships, right? That yeah. really gives us a glimpse of how much God loves us.
0: Sure. Agreed. And, but you know, the, the interesting thing to me is like, You know, I'm an old guy now. I grew up in church. I was born one minute. I was in church the next. And I've heard all, you know, tons of Mother's Day and Father's Day sermons. And every Father's Day, that's the go-to scripture. You know, God made man in his likeness, in his image. But I never, ever heard that preached on Mother's Day. And I never understood that because God made male and female, he said. You know, and he's talking about God made man in his image. He's talking about he made mankind in his image. The very next line is, he made male and female Right. And there's just something about the love of a mom that warms me to the love of God that I, you know, I can I I, I understand the love of a father because I am one. Right. And I understand the love of a mother because because I had one. Right. There are two different kinds of love. And that mama bear love that God has for us that, you know, as a mother, you it's like you can't do anything wrong to a mom. I mean, she thinks you're a hero no matter what, and she will stick up with you even if you're wrong. She'll believe you until the, you know, and so there's so many things about God's love that really a mom models it different than, you know, the father does, in my opinion. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So my dad taught me how to, how to work hard, you know, and how to stick with it and not complain and, you know, really be a, a man, which I really appreciate, but it certainly wasn't that nurturing side that was just, you know, hugging and loving and, and, and just, you know, smothering me with the kind of love that my mom could do. You know, when I was in, gosh, this was probably age 14 or 15. um, And up to that point, I'd I'd always been a, you know, a really good student and I was in the band and in sports and all the kind of stuff. And then towards the end of that year in junior high, my grades start to suffer and I start to kind of implode. And I wasn't telling anybody I was going through. I was just, you know, I just in my room and, my mom, she picks up on it. Of course she does, right? So finally she says, son, what's what's wrong? Something's definitely wrong. You're just not yourself. And I said, nothing wrong. I'm okay, mom. And so she let it go. She would force it, right? And then she'd come back another time. Hey, is there anything you want to talk about? Because right? I I just, this just isn't like you. And and she wasn't angry. She wasn't judgmental. She wasn't saying, you know, pull it together. And so just little by little, it opened my heart to say, yeah, there is something wrong. And it's something really wrong. And, and she, of course, she Locked in, you know, her love to me, and and we faced whatever that was, and we, you know, and we did what had to be done, so that I could then return to the happy, yeah. normal kid that I was, and I'll always be eternally grateful for that.
0: And that's the that's one of the angles of the of God's love that I'm talking about that a mom seems to have an angle on, just that they are in tune. God is in tune with our pain, and He knows it, and like how she would come to you and she'd come at you from all these different angles. And she, know, and then she'd pull back cause you didn't want to open up and then she'd come around at a different angle until she found the right way or came enough times that all of a sudden you're able to unvent And, and, you know, mothers tend to think about their children more than they think about themselves. It's just such an unselfish love, you know?
1: Yeah, What she really provided that place was a safe place for me to tell her what was going on because had she come at me with, you know, you must tell me what's going on. You know, what's wrong with you and your grades are suffering and you're not being yourself. Like as dads would maybe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just would, I would have done one of two things. One, I just would have shut down and never would have said anything. Or then I would start to fake it more like, I'm, okay, I'll just work harder in school and I'll do this stuff. But so I never have to tell anybody what's wrong. Cause I'm afraid I'm up the judgment, but no, my mom came at it like, I'm a safe person. You can tell me what's going on. I, I got your back. Right. And so little by little, I, began to believe that and, and trust it and be able to say, okay, this isn't pretty. And I don't think you're going to like it, but I do believe you're not going to hate me for it. You're just going to hate what's going on. And yeah. certainly that's exactly yeah. what happens, right? Yeah. yeah.
0: Moms are, our, our hats go off to you. Our hearts go out to you. We are who we are because of you. There's just something about the, the love of a mom. Um, I wanted to ask you a question.
1: Yeah. You're adopted, right? Yeah. I was adopted at birth, right? Yeah. So uh, when I was born, which is in the mid sixties, Adoptions were all closed. So, as I understand it, just after I was born, even you know, just after the umbilical cord was cut, I was taken away from my biological mother. She never held me. Uh, I don't think. She, I think she had a name for me. I'm just learning a little bit more now. But, but that was just like it. And the courts are sealed. The the records are sealed. So, when my adoptive parents, my mom and dad, adopted me, they had uh, a, my sister who was already born. And then my dad got really sick and couldn't have children, so they adopted me, and then they adopted my little brother from another family two years later. Um, But to me, adoption was always this amazingly beautiful answer to prayer, because that's the way my parents always talked about it. It wasn't like, yeah, well, we couldn't have any more kids, so I guess our plan B was adoption, or you know you needed a place to go because you were a loser and so we we decided you know we'll give you a place no from as little as i can remember my family was always you're adopted and that's the coolest thing ever because we couldn't have another kid and we prayed and god picked you for us and he picked us for you and in fact until i was an adult i always had this picture that my adoptive parents went to the adoption agency and it was like this quintessential picture window with all the babies in the cribs right and then the, the ceiling opened and the the sky parted, and the, the laser beam from heaven. And the angels were singing, "Oh, Joe's the one!" Right, and I, I kind of lifted up on the in the air, off the crib, and floated <laughs> over to the to the parents. That's just the way I pictured it because they described it in such. Wonderful, loving terms, and even my sister, my older sister who wasn't adopted, she was so proud of us and so fiercely defensive of us that if anybody ever hinted that adoption wasn't the best thing in the world, man, she's just like, you shut up! That's my brother, and that's all you need to know, right? And so I was always just proud to be adopted. And then when I get to the point of my life where I hear that God Almighty wants to adopt me into His family, I'm like, wow. yes, I love adoption. Sign you me. get it. Where, where do yeah. I sign? Right? I'm in. <laughs> Yeah. So I love that about
0: your sister, how she was her mom's natural born, but she stuck up for you like crazy. You, you said something in the beginning about your sister gave you a side of mom that others. I mean, can you go into that a
1: little bit? I, I know I'm butchering yeah. it, but how did you say it? And could you go into that a little bit more? Yeah, of course. So you can imagine, you know, a family with three kids and one single mom working full time that she just didn't have a lot of time or energy Uh, left over. So my sister, because she was five years older than I, she really had to assume a lot of the responsibilities really of parenting me and my little brother. And I think part of her resented that because she was 12 when I was five, right? Um, But there was a part of her too, that she just stepped right into that role. And she did things for me that normally a mother would do and and really filled out what was missing, I suppose, because I only had one parent. And, and here's a great example. So I would come home from school and this is like pre-kindergarten and my sister would be there and she just came from home from school five years ahead of me. And she would teach me as, as long as I would pay attention. She would teach me everything that she learned in school that day. So she taught me how to write. She taught me the alphabet. She taught me times tables. She would draw out these graphs so that I could follow along and, and puzzles. And I would, I'd solve them. So I get into kindergarten and I I'm already feeling like I'm like a third or fourth grader. Right. And I I didn't know this in my head, but I I sit down and the, and the teachers kind of hand out pieces of paper and say, Hey, if you can put your name at the top of the page, if not, we'll teach you how. So I write mine in cursive (laughs) and the teacher says, what are you doing? We haven't learned cursive yet. (laughs) I said, well, I did. (laughs) My sister taught me all that stuff. So yeah, I mean, I, I had, I had the blessing of really having an older sister and a mom all in one person. Did you have anyone else in your
0: life that kind of filled a role like that
1: as well? Yeah, there's so, there's many. But I suppose the key ones, I, I should say one more thing about my sister, too. My sister would cook for us, one, because my mom didn't know how to cook, <laughs> uh, but two, because, you know, she had to in many ways because there wasn't enough time for my mom to do it. But one of the quintessential cooking moments from our family was when my my sister was making chili for the very first time. So my, my mom's actually in the house. and She's at the other end of the house uh, getting ready to go somewhere. And my sister's going through the recipe, and and she says, Mom, how much chili powder do you put in the chili? And my mom yells from the other end, just use the rest. The can's really old. There's not much left. So my sister (laughs) dumps the rest of the chili powder in, and she serves up the chili. Now, we're all sitting around the table, and my dog's at my feet. And my sister is, she's, if you've ever seen the Peanuts comic strips with Charlie Brown and Lucy, my sister is Lucy just with blonde hair. (laughs) I mean, to to a T, that is her personality. And so you you don't mess with her. Right? You don't complain, you don't whine, because she'll she'll set you straight. So she serves up this chili and she's just go ahead and eat. I'm not quite ready to so go ahead and start. So I take one bite and immediately my mouth starts on fire and my head starts to sweat. And I you know, I'm starting to tremble. And my my sister says, How is it? And I go, It's good. And I just keep eating <laughs> it because I'm not I'm not gonna complain, right? My little brother, he's he's wired way different than me. My little brother, he like takes one sniff, he's like I'm not eating that. And <laughs> she's like, oh, yes, you are. So he says, no, it's too hot. And she, my sister's like, you didn't even taste it yet. And my brother's like, you taste it. So my sister takes one bite. She spits it out. She grabs the spoon out of my hand. She says, don't eat that. It'll kill you. <laughs> and then she she puts it down on the floor. And my dog, who would eat anything, comes up. Gets about two feet from it. <laughs> sniffs it. Turns around with his tail. Oh, he's my. like, oh, my. <laughs> runs away. So, so, my sister had made toxic chili, but I was going to eat it because there's no way I was going to endure wrath. Wow. <laughs> you're the only yeah. one that did eat any of it. I did. I ate one bite, and actually, I, I think I haven't had taste buds that worked right since.
0: <laughs> so, give me a couple of these other key players you're talking about that are also yeah. got kind of. I'm, I'm really interested here. This is good stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. My So, my dad got remarried when I was uh, around 10 ish, I guess. And, uh, you know, that could have gone a lot of different directions but he married this really loving woman who's my stepmom and all of the stereotypes about stepmothers she was the opposite i mean mm-hmm. she she always treated us with great respect with great love when we were in her home she treated us as if we were her own kids and up until like 14 years later uh, she didn't even have kids and just didn't think that she was going to be able to have kids but she wasn't angry. She wasn't bitter. She didn't feel like, oh, I have to take care of these kids because every other weekend they're in our house. She she celebrated that. She she'd cook for us and and she would you know make sure that we had a great Christmas when we were with them. And one of my favorite memories of my stepmom was we were shopping at Kmart one Christmas and we were looking for this pole lamp. It's like two or three poles that go together and, and shine that stands in the corner and. We couldn't find anyone in a anyone one of them in a box. So my stepmom says, "Hey, do you have any more of these pole lamps? We'd like to buy one." And the lady said, "Well, we only have the floor model, ma'am." And so she goes and gets it. And, and the lady's the salesperson, is struggling to get it apart. And my, my stepmom, who is she's like she's a strong farm girl, right? Comes from Hardy Stock. She just says, "Here, I'll take care of that." And she goes, whoop, whoop, whoop. just takes the whole thing apart. And you know me, I'm probably five or six years old and my eyes are wide like (laughs) super mom she's like i got this we always laugh about that but but the fact that that she had no responsibility that she didn't have to love us that way and i knew a lot of stepmoms that didn't that kind of resented the fact that there was other kids in the the family i'm so grateful for a stepmom that really loved us and nurtured us whenever we were with her
0: Wow. And you said that they that you had a whole sorts of people in your life. And, you know, there's a saying that's been around a long time, and it's in the Bible. And it says that, that God says, I will be a father to the fatherless. And I just love that heart of God where he says, if you don't have a father, I will be a father to you. I, you know, I understood that verse, but never like I understood it until my dad passed away. And once my dad passed away, all these other men in my life just started. They were already there but all of a sudden they rose up and they were teaching me things that my dad didn't know stuff about. They were teaching me things that my dad didn't teach me. And all of a sudden it was like my dad was gone, but all these other players came in to fill that role. And here you were, you've never even contacted your mom. So God sends somebody else to adopt you that loves you tremendously. Then he sends you an older sister that fills in another portion of motherhood. And then your dad gets remarried and that had been difficult for you, but he remarries a woman that, that fills another role of mom in you and all these key players that you had in your life. And I had in my life, all these people that, that are placed there to help fill that hole that you had from not having that relationship with your biological mom. I mean, I just think that that is just, it's so cool. It's, it's, yeah. that's love, man. That's, I don't know what to say. I mean, it, it's just a yeah. very cool. It's a reality. That's the heart of God right there. That's yeah. the heart of God right there. And uh, I know that there's a lot of women on Mother's Day that don't like Mother's Day for many reasons. I know that because I'm their friends and they've told me in the past. And there's men that don't like Mother's Day either because there are some that didn't have relationships with the moms. For the most part, it's usually someone wants to be a mom or wants to be a parent and it just hasn't happened yet. They just haven't been able to make that happen. And so it's very difficult when you're trying to be a parent and it it doesn't work out that way to honor someone else who has these children. And that could be a very difficult thing. Yeah. But I was thinking that I wanted to honor you guys as well. Those of you that struggle on Mother's Day, those of you that would like to be a, a mother or be a father, you'd like to be a parent and it just hasn't worked out for you. Joe, I think your story is very honoring to that. Number one, on the whole adoption side of things, I just think it's so cool that your biological mom was gone. You didn't have one and someone came in and adopted you. But on top of that, your sister didn't realize she was being part of a mother to you. And I guess the point I'm trying to say to those of you out there that do struggle with Mother's Day, and I know it's tough because how dare you bad mouth Mother's Day, right? You can't bad mouth Mother's Day for whatever reason, right? And many of the reasons are very legitimate reasons. So you're, you're struggling with that. But I just want to honor you and, and take my hat off to you as well and just say that we can all play the role of love to somebody. We can all play the role of that mother-type love to somebody, that love that's patient, that mama bear love that, that will stick up for someone, ferociously stick up for them and, and, and still be very comforting to them. And so I think that for Mother's Day, one of the things that I'd like to, to lay out there is just be loved to somebody fill a hole that somebody else has. And for those out there that mother's day is difficult for them, you know, because, because of their past or whatever's happened to them, you know, number one, the thing that they can do to help on that is to be loved to somebody else that helps tremendously, but there's people out there like that. So when we're being loved to somebody else, we don't know what's going on inside of their heart, but we also can be like your sister was sent to you. We can be sent by God. And that's not, nothing spooky, nothing big. It's, it's just simply go love people. And you'd be surprised how much of that's just God sending, but you don't realize it. But we can help fill a hole like your sister did for you, like your stepmom did for you for somebody else, whether you're male or female. Mother's Day, in my opinion, is about love. It's a love day. It's where all the little things moms do to prove the magnificent size of their love. It's not the big things they do, it's the little things they do over and over and over again. And that shows the size of your love when you do the little things. When you do the big things, those are kind of expected, right? But when you go above and beyond, what's the little things that you don't have to do. Then your stepmom didn't have to bring you in. She didn't have to love you like that. And and when you do those little things, that's huge. And that's what moms are like. I'm not saying moms are huge. Don't don't take me wrong. But I'm saying that, that love that they have, the, the little things that we do make the biggest difference.
1: Yeah. So I, I can confirm that, too, with my own experience. So in addition to my adoptive mom, my sister and my stepmom, all of which they're, they're part of my family. But when I would go to my friends' homes, especially when there was so much turmoil in my own family and, you know, there was two divorces in my, in my family mm-hmm. before I even got into high school. But I would go to my friends' homes, especially ones with loving parents who are the same age as me. And part of me would be jealous, right? Because here's a really healthy model of what families can look like. But that melted away pretty quickly because their moms, you know, my friend Chris's mom, my friend Mike's mom, when I'd hang out at their house, they treat me like their own kid as well. And they could cook. So I get some really good meals, right? I mean I like is really this is what beef is supposed to taste like? I had no idea. Can you just please make me a grilled cheese sandwich, please? Right. Meatloaf you can cut with a knife. I didn't know that even existed. Whoa. Right. So so I mean easy there. <laughs> but but what I'm saying is I would I would watch very carefully and I and I don't know if they were observing me or not, but I would watch how they would care for their own kids. And then how they would care for me and any other friends that that their kids had brought over and they would feed them and make sure they were happy and get them water and make them feel comfortable and make them feel welcome. And I felt like I was part of their family as well. And then I would go to church And there's a whole other group of people where, especially the grandmothers. For whatever reason, the grandmothers just loved me, right? Not my own grandmother. Grandmothers in the church because I was friendly and I was happy and outgoing, and they'd come up to me and they'd hug me and pinch my cheeks and tell me how cute I was and all that kind of stuff. And I didn't ask for that, but I I and I and I never would said I needed it, but inside I did. I needed that as much as I needed anything. So I had this whole amazing family of people that treated me like I was their kid or their grandkid. And of course, they didn't have the responsibilities to have to worry about me when I came home. But at least in those moments, I got a little bit more of the nurturing that I needed that I just couldn't get at my own, my own home for, because of the brokenness. And
0: sometimes it's easier to do that. They say you should be a grandparent first and then parent second. I tried for that. I just I couldn't make that happen somehow. But grandparents have all that love, but they don't have all the responsibility. So sometimes it's easier to love on somebody and give them what maybe their parents are having a hard time giving them because they're financially stressed out or they're emotionally stressed out or they're just going through life and they have all this responsibility of raising that kid. Well, it's easy for me to love someone who I don't have any responsibility over for. So anything, Joey, you would like to say for Mother's Day in closing?
1: Yeah, I'd like to say back to Steve's point about Mother's Day is really hard for some people. I I know this firsthand because my own wife, uh, when we got married, we were in our early 30s. We waited a couple of years before we'd start to have a, to start trying to have a kids. And then that didn't work out. It got complicated. We had to have all sorts of medical procedures and, you know, try everything we could think of that we could afford for, for my wife to get pregnant. And it, and it didn't happen. And, and mother's day during that period, which was several years, was like her least favorite day. I mean, she hated Mother's Day and Father's Day because her dad had passed away. So that only reminded her of that pain. And Mother's uh-huh. Day, that she couldn't become a mother, which is one of the things that she just always dreamed of doing. That's what she wanted to be deep down. So you come to Mother's Day at church or wherever it is, and everybody's celebrating all the moms. And she's just feeling like, dang, how come I can't be a mom? This sucks, right? And she, she would feel that pain. And then she would tell me about it later. And I was like, well, that's not right. So, so whenever I, like I said, whenever I get a chance to get in front, in front of the crowd, I'd say, hey, if you're a mom, if, you, if you'd like to be a mom, if you've ever been a mom, if you have a mom, if you've <laughs> ever had a mom, this is for you because it's for, it's for all of us, right? Um, but to say that, you know, that, that pain is real, um, but there is there is the nurturing side of God that is can be a mother to the motherless, and there is the nurturing that we can get from the family of God, the relationships that we have outside of our own biological family, and, and in God's grace— um, eventually we adopted two kids and now my wife is a mother and she couldn't wow. be... I mean, it's, it's super difficult at times, of course, because motherhood is, but she's fulfilled in that role. And it doesn't work out that way for everybody, right? But I, I just, I, my heart does go out for those who just feel the pain of either having lost a mother or, or grieving over that they can't yeah. be a mother or whatever that might be. And God, God sees that, He knows that, and yeah. He can love you right there where you are.
0: Don't be afraid to be honest with Him on that and let Him know how you really feel about that. But then give Him an opportunity to speak back to love back to hold you back give him an opportunity to get his opinion aired as well because he thinks the most of you and, and let's just take that that love of a mother and let's spread it to somebody let's Let's find someone that we can encourage today for Mother's Day, whether you're watching this the day before, or the day of, or the day after. I'm not sure when I'm going get, to get it out on my podcast. Joe, I don't know. you will probably you're always ahead of the game, even though you're, you seems like you're busier than me. You always seem to be in front of the, the thing. But you might not be our normal podcast is on Monday, so you might not hear it till the day after. But the point is is that in honor of our mothers, we, we take our hats off to you guys. We honor you. Whether you're a mom or you're trying to be a mom or you wish you could be a mom, it just hasn't worked out that way. We honor you for being the love of a mother to other people out there and our world needs you. And so we thank you.
1: And may I just say in closing, don't underestimate the power of those small gestures. Like Steve was said that even if you're feeling the pain of not having the mother around that you wish you did or being the mother that you want, if you just do those kind, loving motherly gestures to the people that are in your sphere of influence um, I can tell you firsthand that that makes a huge difference. It's made a difference in my life. And I just want to thank you. I want to thank all the people who did it directly to me, but thank all of you out there who can provide a little bit of motherhood to the people in your life. And you may not even know how much they're hurting, right? Yeah. Or how much they need that, but it makes a huge difference. So bless you in, in that. Yeah. Joe, thanks for joining us. Mojo Studios, thanks for joining us. Thank you for all who tuned in. Happy Mother's Day to you all, whether you're a boy, a girl, a dad, a mom, a grandpa, whatever, just happy Mother's Day.
0: Happy Mother's Day. D-Base.